0: Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. When you start thinking of your money as seed to sow, you have fun with it.
1: Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. Hey, on this podcast, we're going to finish up this series on core culture from my recently released book called Core Culture, The Tremendous Strategy of Generosity that launched the church. So in this chapter, which is titled, Yesterday's Manna Has Today's Worms or Tomorrow's Treasure. We know the story about manna in the Old Testament when they tried to gather too much and they tried to keep it. It it bred worms, but they had to go out and get their manna every day. And so I'm comparing the blessings in our life to the manna that God brings When we try to hold on to things, it turns into worms. But when we sow it, it turns into tomorrow's treasure. I want to read to you three verses from 2 Corinthians 9. You know, we've been pounding through 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, these incredible uh, illustrative chapters on developing a core culture. And this is what it says. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you, so that always, having all sufficiency in everything, don't you like those words, always, all, everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed as it is written. He scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food Will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. Why does he multiply seed? For sowing and increase, the and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So as we treat our seed properly that God has given us the stewardship over, we sow into our righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, for through us, is producing thanksgiving to God, okay? He says we're going to have all sufficiency in everything, and what this passage is teaching is that the seed is for sowing and not eating. You know, if you have a bunch of seed and you eat all that seed, then you're going to be satisfied for the moment, but it's not going to last you for the long time. Obviously, you get to glean some of your harvest to sustain you, but we want to train our thinking to think biblically that when there's a blessing that comes into our hand, whether it's a large blessing or a small blessing, our first thought isn't, how can I consume this? In this chapter in this book, I tell the story of One day, we received a very large check in the mail from somebody, the largest check I've ever received, you know, personally for anything. And uh, Penny and I just looked at each other, we were shocked, and uh, we said, well, what are we gonna do with this? Now, what is interesting is we had just kinda had a family talk, her and I, uh, and this was about, oh, gee whiz, I guess this goes back almost 10 years now. And I told her, I said, you know, we really have to set aside some money because I don't have any kind of a pension. I'm social security exempt. If something happened to me, I wouldn't want you to be like not in a good situation. And so, you know, we need to discipline ourselves even to another level to set something aside. And this big check comes in. I thought, for the, you know, wow, this would be, this will really help us. But of course, we have been trained. Biblically and in our core culture of giving to know that that wasn't given to us so we could sock it away somewhere. But that the first thing we need to do was like, God, what would you want us to do with this? Obviously, we're going to tithe off of that. That's a no-brainer. But then there are other people that we can invest in. And that's what we did. And we gleaned some and put it away. And that was a blessing from the Lord. And we appreciated that very much. But... I think when you start thinking like that, you actually start having fun with your money because you're investing it, you're sowing. and And the backstory of that is there was a there was a gentleman that I had uh, made friends with, and he was in some different business dealings and stuff, and was just kind of suffering through. and He had this grand plan; his ship was going to come in, and you know, I I didn't know if his ship was going to come in. I didn't know even know if there was a ship out there, but I felt like he's a good guy, he needs encouragement, I'm going to bless him, and he'd call me for advice every once in a while, and lo and behold, this deal he was working on, it went through, and that's where this check came from, and I was like, wow, I was amazed, uh, but you know, we sewed on the front end of that, we just wanted to bless this guy and help him because we knew he was a good, solid Christian man, and uh, things worked out very, very well for him, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad of that to this day. Uh, You know, 1 Corinthians 9.6 tells us that we should not sow sparingly. I want you to think about this. Sowing is what we're giving, what we're putting in the ground and trusting God to grow, that we should not sow sparingly. What does that mean? It means giving what is spare. If you only ever give what is spare, then you'll never give what God has graced you to give. Okay? There's a reason that the tithe is not just 10%. The reason the tithe is the first 10% is because even if you have good intentions and you wait till your bills are paid, then most times that 10% is going to look like 3% or 2% or something. Now, I know this is a fact because, you know, we. Uh, you know, growing up with our kids and, you know, managing in the ministry and all those kind of things. I mean, if we would have waited to the end of the month to pay our tithe, there wouldn't have been anything left. But as we continue to put it up front, then we learn to manage the rest. And I believe there was a blessing. Now, obviously, this text is not talking about the tithe, but the principle of giving what is spare, okay, instead of giving off of the top. So when you get a blessing, you know, when the car doesn't need repaired, when your sandals don't wear out, when the income tax check comes or the refund comes or whatever it may be, you know, the first thing to not is like, oh, yeah, I need a new refrigerator. We can take an extra day on vacation or, you know, it, well, let's sow some of this right off of the top. And as we've done that, we've been able to sow more and more generously without feeling like we are depriving ourselves. God, the core culture of giving is not giving what's left over. The core culture of giving is giving on the top. You know, Psalm 126 is a beautiful picture. It says, "He he who sows with rejoicing, He who sows in the morning will rejoice, okay? Uh, And it's a picture of somebody going out with their seed bag and they're sowing their seed. He who sows in tears, it says, will reap with joy. And I heard a missionary say, tell a story one time about the peasants in the country. I believe it was Indonesia that they were working in and how these peasants would take their bag of seed and in the spring they would sow it and they would literally be hungry and they would be like, oh God, please, please let these seeds come to pass because if they don't, we die. And there was a temptation and some of them would eat their seed, okay? And people that live in a continual poverty cycle and I'm not just talking about people that don't make money. There are people that make pretty good money. I cover that in one of the chapters of the book that live in a poverty cycle because they think the answer to everything is getting more money rather than knowing how to use what you have. And the greatest budgetary secret you ever learn is giving to God off the top, not giving what's spare. That's how you build a budget. You put God first. You want God to be first in your life? You want God to consider you in your prayers or in your needs? Well, why don't that start with you? I mean, obviously it did start with God. He cares about us when we don't care about ourselves, even for that matter. But we have that opportunity of reflecting the grace of God that he talks about here in these two chapters. Remember in this passage right here, that we just read, he says, God is able to make all grace overflow to you. you now the grace he's talking about there clearly is the grace of giving. And that word grace appears seven times in these two chapters. So we can clearly understand that and see that. So a lot of times, not all the times, I think all the times yesterday's manna is going to have today's worms. If we try to sock something away, not to be good stewards, but in fear, you know, you can do, you can have the same actions as the guy next to you. And one is motivated by faith and one is motivated by fear. Okay. I'm putting things away because I plan on living a long life and not having to be dependent on my children. All right. All right. And I, I don't plan on being a roadblock in the ministry and, and ministering until somebody's got to push me out of the way. I want to be able to step out of the way at the right time and hand that off to somebody else and allow them to fulfill their destiny and, quite frankly, for me to reap the rewards of what we've sown into that in Jesus' name. That's, that's my thinking. But that doesn't come when you sow sparingly, Okay. That large gift I told you about we gave we gave we gave on the front end serving and loving and and even it did cost us a little bit of money a few times to make some trips and do some stuff but you know what it was all worth it and I and I did it without any conditions and uh, no no agreements of any sort and when that check came in the mail I'll tell you that was a fun day it wasn't just fun because of the money it was fun to see The kingdom of God literally come to pass right in front of us. So I'm encouraging you, when today's manna comes, don't let it turn into tomorrow's worms. Turn it into tomorrow's treasure instead. Hey, this is Keith Toosey for Leadership in Context. God bless you.
0: When we try to hold on to things, it turns to worms. When we sow things, it turns into treasure. You will never give what God has graced you to give if you only give what is left over. Because the core culture of giving is not giving what's left over. It's giving off the top. You can order Pastor Keith's latest book, Core Culture, the tremendous strategy of generosity that launched the church by visiting nrpastors.com backslash core culture. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tuesday. Join us next week as Keith continues to equip believers to lead in every area and venue of life. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. To contact Keith or ask him a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.